Here comes Peter Cottontail, hopping down the bunny trail. Hippity hoppity, Easter's on its way. Oh look, we have something here that's ready to hatch. Help it. Uh, okay. <gasps> a chick, a baby chick. It's a peep. No, it's a chick. There's another one. It needs help. Okay. Happy Easter! Here comes Peter Cottontail hopping down the bunny trail. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Cookies, and Happy Easter. Happy I'm Easter. I'm gonna take off this silly thing, Char. Sorry. Uh, I guess I'll take mine off too. Well, you don't have to. I mean, you can wear it if you want. You look adorable, by the way. Um, anyway, oh, uh, thank you guys for joining us. And you're going to be getting this the day after Easter. So happy late Easter. For us, it is not yet Easter. <laughs> so happy Easter. happy future Easter. But I think, don't, don't some countries have extent like Easter Monday or something or is that yeah I think sometimes it's observed like a day off of school or something like that yeah, Easter, Easter Monday, Monday. So, so it's so still Easter, Easter Monday season. yep there you go <laughs> anyway uh, so I'm Oliver Tanner and I'm Char Tanner and this is the life death and cookies podcast thank you for joining us again if this is your first time joining us welcome yeah um, let's get into the nitty-gritty. Well, introduce the nitty-gritty. Okay. Today we're going to talk about what Easter means to me or to us. Right. <laughs> so, and not only that, but what does Easter mean to us, but how does what Easter means to us help us to be able to deal with what is kind of a big topic on this uh, whole podcast, death. Death, yeah. So... So anyway, before we get into the nitty gritty, though, our last week's bite size episode, or uh -huh. I guess it will be two weeks. Well, our, our last one. Our last episode. Right. Um, we were talking about a quote from um, Helen Keller, and I learned some stuff as I was trying to um, reference um, what we talked about that because we had some questions about Helen Keller and Annie Sullivan. Mm -hmm. And so I, I had the question, how did Helen Keller communicate? So Helen Keller, she was able to type with a regular typewriter, with a Braille typewriter, and she also spoke. Um, and oh. not, not very many people could understand her. So um, Helen Keller wasn't deaf until 18 months or two years old. Okay. She had an illness that created her deaf and blindness. Okay, so she did have some base of hearing and vision to build from. Yes, Okay. Yes. So it wasn't anything like neurological. It Well, maybe it was. I don't know. But it wasn't something that she was born with. It was something that... Right. And I don't think that would have necessarily made a difference anyway because, like I said, they do have deaf-blind schools and they educate deaf-blind. Right, right. 
And, um, and anyway, so she was able to speak for herself. Um, Annie Sullivan did, and her other um, uh, companion did help with editing and stuff. But um, I think the ideas were her own, and she was a, she went to college, smart lady. So okay, all right, well. There you yeah, go. I had just heard that there was some controversy. I didn't know. And, that, and I so. did find the controversy. They, the more the controversy that I found, was more that it was a fraud in the fact that she wasn't actually deaf and blind. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. But um, that's what I didn't find the one that you had talked about. But I didn't search for hours or anything. Okay. Anyway, let's anyway, go on. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I want you know, but I do want to say you know. I think it's good uh, that we still learn. Sometimes you hear controversy, and it's good to go, and when you find the correct information, go, oh, okay. So, yeah, as far as Helen Keller goes and the controversy, oh, okay. And if you cool. haven't watched that episode and know what we're even talking about, go back and watch it. <laughs> That's right. It's not very long. It's just a, it's one of our bite-sized yeah. episodes for while we were moving. And speaking of... Uh, while we were moving, you may notice that our setting uh, for this, if you're watching, uh, you may notice that our setting is yet again different. different. <laughs> uh, we are recording on the front porch of our new home. Uh, so we are renting a house in Osawatomie, Kansas. We've been trying to get to Osawatomie for a long time. Now we've recorded several episodes out on our land here in Osawatomie, and we were going to do that again today, but it is a little breezy, and right here on the porch, we're actually like really well protected yeah. from all the wind. Yeah. So we can hear the wind, so if you hear outside noises, wind, uh, you may hear children playing, you may hear cars drive by, we apologize for any of that kind of stuff, uh, but it's it's a really beautiful day outside today yeah it is so it's a really great day to be like outside it's snowing in like utah and why all our friends on facebook are yeah. like it's still <laughs> snowing and we're yes. like we're like 85 degrees today isn't that warm well not yet but it's supposed to get to the 84 wow so anyway yeah it's it's really nice out here it's a great yeah. day to be outside and yeah. um we will get to a final Yes, we are, we are actually currently working on a better setting. Um, we're, do we want to tell them yet no, where we're going to record? Okay, yeah. Well, you'll see. Stick with us. You'll see. Yeah. We're excited about it. Yeah. All right. So, so on to the nitty-gritty yes. of Easter. Um, and I'm not really sure how we're introducing this. Uh, well, well, so Easter, you know... So we started with the cute little, you know, the Easter bunnies and the eggs and the basket and the grass and all of the cute, fun Easter stuff. Um, and that's all fun. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. But it's not really what Easter really means to us. For sure. And uh, I will say that um, as holidays go, I have two holidays that are basically tied for uh favorite favorite uh -huh. um slightly different reasons okay but halloween is one of them and the other one is easter okay <laughs> slightly different holidays yes for sure 
uh, I guess they both are kind of about death in a way. Interesting. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so Easter is not really about death, though. Easter is about rebirth. Yes. Right? And not necessarily, even rebirth is really kind of the wrong word. Yeah. Because what we celebrate at Easter, of course, we uh, have a more Jesus Christ-centered uh, appreciation of and understanding of Easter. Mm -hmm. We celebrate his resurrection, resurrection. Mm -hmm. um, which is sort of like rebirth, but not quite. Yeah, same. because it's not like reincarnation. It's yourself right. coming back to life, and you're not a baby. Right. It's and, and so, like, in, in our church a lot of times, so one of the ways that we kind of define uh, death and resurrection is death is the separation of your physical body from your spirit, right? Mm -hmm. We believe that uh, each person is comprised of basically two parts. There's your spirit and there's your body, mm -hmm. all right? And the way that we define the word soul is the body and the spirit together. Yeah. That is your soul. Mm -hmm. And then spirit is just that spiritual body, okay? And so when you die, your spirit leaves your body. Resurrection is the reunification of your body with your spirit but your body is in a perfected form yes but when yes but your body will be in a perfected form so it's not it's not zombies okay yeah. sorry guys i know somebody's out there somebody out there is going to be thinking zombies but it's not yeah so, so that's the explanation so that's kind of an explanation of how we conceptualize death and resurrection well, and, you know, we're studying this week because this is, you know, the Holy Week started on Sunday with Palm Sunday. Right. Um, so we're studying um, the Holy Week in the New Testament this week. And it's, as you, Easter's really the, the Easter season, the Easter week, Holy Week or whatever, mm -hmm. is not just about the death and the resurrection, even, you know, his death on the cross. There's also... The thing, and that's what I'm going to talk about Easter and the things that it means to me. Um, yes, it has to do with life and death, um, but a lot of it does have to do with life. And so, anyway, we'll just get into the list, I guess. Yeah. Is, you look like you want to say something. Well, I was just going to say, like, uh, sorry, this is more about holidays. You know, you may have noticed that I didn't say Christmas as mm -hmm. one of my favorites. That's one that a lot of people list as their favorite. And, you know, we do like to take a more Christ-centered approach to all of those sorts of holidays, mm -hmm. right? Christmas, Easter, uh, i trying to think of another one. But those are, those are really the two those big ones. Those are the ones. main ones, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, um, his, Jesus Christ's birth, you know, it's cool. There's a good story about it, and it's important, yeah. and I, I get that. But I just don't really, I think that Christmas, the importance of Christmas is overblown and over uh, emphasized. It's way exaggerated. And especially when compared with Easter. I think Easter is far more important, far more impactful. Uh, it's kind of what everything that Jesus taught was leading up to. His entire life was leading up to uh, the events of Easter. And even... Without Easter, his birth would have just been 
guys, a baby was born and some weird cosmic crap happened at the same time. Mm. You know? Um, don't anybody take that the wrong way. You know, okay, son of God, yes, his birth is still important. But it's Easter that really gives it the impact. And so I personally, I feel like Easter is far more important and Easter means a lot more to me because of it. Yeah. So uh, that being said, what are some of the reasons why Easter is important? You know, Easter, this uh, recognition of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, you know, the way we look at it, that resurrection of Jesus Christ was he broke the bands of death. Death was this... uh, prison that nobody could come back from Mm -hmm. and he broke through okay enabling uh everybody else to be able to come through eventually at some point uh and so that's kind of the importance of resurrection it's not just oh well jesus was resurrected so good for him (laughs) right yeah so then what does that mean to you Shar? Okay, so I kind of grouped the first one, the first three together. Uh I had them just kind of mixed in, and then I'm like, oh, these all kind of go together. So the first one is resurrection, right? Mm -hmm. And being able to live again. Um, And then connected with that is being able to see my loved ones again. As you know, if you've been following this podcast, I've lost um, four of my immediate family members from the family growing up right um and we expect that i will be um early death along with three of our children right so being able to see my loved ones again is a big thing and important to me and then um also connected that is hope in life after death or a knowledge even because i feel like i have a knowledge of life after death more than more than just a hope Okay. Um, of it. So those things all together, of course, are the more classic things of why we would be grateful for the atonement or um, Easter. Right. Um, are those things. Well, and you just brought in a new word that we haven't used yet in this episode, which is atonement, which mm-hmm. is actually, I wanted, I was trying to think of how are we going to work that in there, but I guess you just did. That's um, what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Really, Easter isn't just about Jesus Christ uh, coming back to life. It's about, because that resurrection was really just the final piece of an overall uh, effort that we call the atonement. Mm -hmm. And the atonement was basically Jesus paid the price of our sins. So he broke the bands of sin Mm -hmm. to help us to be able to overcome those negative effects, the things that keep us separated from the presence of God, and yeah. then also broke the bands of death, mm-hmm. the things, the thing which kept us from being with the people that we loved. Yeah, you know? the way I look at it, the way I talk about it is spiritual death, which is sin, and mm-hmm. then physical death, which is our death of our bodies. Right. So we have those two things to overcome. Um, so the other thing the other part that I was alluding to earlier and I think that you were kind of starting to get into in that Holy Week you have you know the death and the resurrection but before that we have Jesus Christ suffering in the Garden of Gethsemane and um, 
and this is where a lot of these other things come from in my list that why I'm grateful for Easter. Okay. You know, um, so in that suffering, he suffered for our sins, right. pa- paid the price for our sins, but also for our hardships, the trials that we go through. Um, and I think just in general, so um, through Jesus Christ and the um, Eastern Atonement, mm-hmm. um, I'm able to get strength in my trials and hardships. Um, and he enables me, th- through all this, he enables me to do things that I wouldn't be able to do on my own, make up the difference. And I know this isn't really referring to death, but it's talking about life, right? Right. Um, how we how I'm able to get through life and um, it also I'm able to change and become better and be forgiven for my sins and shortcomings Mm -hmm. Um, then it also motivates me to become a better version of myself because I know that he he suffered for me and I um, want him to suffer less (laughs) Okay. Well, and I want to do those things to be able to, um, you know, we still need to do our best um, to be worthy of those um, of those blessings. Right. Um, You have something. Well, no. I so I was just as you were talking, it brought to mind uh, scripture that I like. And I think it is connected with Easter. And like you talk about him suffering in the Garden of Gethsemane. And so he paid the price of our sins. Okay. And um, that's not all that he did, right? He also, and I don't know, I've I've had this question at many different times in my life where, uh, like, we've heard, we've been taught, we've heard said many times over that he also suffered for all of the different pains that we will feel and i'm like well how in the world does he pay the price for me being in pain that doesn't really make a lot of sense oh okay go ahead. right i have and, an answer well i have an answer too. <laughs> okay <laughs> so you know he but you know does because if i'm still feeling pain if i'm in a situation and it's a hard situation he didn't take that from me right so uh, you know, when we talk about him paying the price of our sins, and it's kind of releasing, well, in a way, releasing us from having to pay for our sins completely ourselves. But him suffering the for the things that we suffer in our life doesn't take away the pain. Like, right? Like when you die and I'm left alone, that's it, the fact that he suffered for that pain does not mean that uh, I won't feel that pain doesn't take it away. No. It's still there. Mm -hmm. Okay? Um, All the other different pains that I've had in my life, they're still there. Okay? And so the scripture that it brought uh, to mind for me, so this is from uh, the Book of Mormon. So, look, guys who are not members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, sorry, but you're going to just have to deal with this one. Um, And, you know, rather than thinking about where it's coming from, maybe just listen to what it's saying, okay? And so this is talking about Jesus Christ. This is in the book of Alma, chapter 7, verse 12. It says, And he will take upon him death, 
that he may loose the bands of death which bind his people, and he will take upon him their infirmities, that his bowels may be filled with mercy according to the flesh, that he may know according to the flesh how to succor his people according to their infirmities. And so, you know, what does Jesus Christ uh, suffering all the various pains that I've had uh, from my life do? Well, what it does is it gave him experience. It gave him the kind of experience so that he would say, I have been there before. And then from that experience, knowing how uh, to comfort me, how to help me, he knows what kind of help I need because he has literally felt it himself. Right. And so uh, that's kind of and that's one of those parts of the atonement. We talk about the sin part a lot. We talk about the resurrection part a lot. But there's also that part that is really important to me, which is the part where he he knows how to handle our problems. He knows how to help us because he has literally experienced it himself. He's been down that road. He doesn't have to try to imagine how we feel. Okay, and this is one of the problems that I have with like this idea of empathy. Empathy relies upon your imagination. You try to put yourself in somebody else's shoes and imagine how they might feel. Okay? Jesus Christ didn't use empathy because he didn't use his imagination. Instead, he just felt it all. He felt it all so he knows Mm -hmm. from experience. There isn't any imagination. There isn't any of him thinking, well, let's see, how would I feel in your shoes? No, he knows how uh, it feels because he's been there himself. Mm -hmm. Well, and so the the answer that I had when you, I... I question, it's a personal experience. Okay. So we, um, we lost two babies. Right. Um, and I don't remember which one it is at this time. I probably the second one, cause the second one, well, probably b- both, right. but the second one was harder for me. Um, and I remember feeling that the pain was there, but I could feel like if you've ever taken Tylenol and had a headache and it doesn't get rid of the headache, but you know it would be worse without it. Um, I, I know you don't understand that, but... <laughs> Tylenol never works for me. But um, I take Tylenol and I'm like, okay, I had a headache and I still have a headache. Yeah, so it's a really bad headache, right? So okay. I'm comparing the and um, I compare like the pain of losing that baby to the headache, right? It's a really bad pain, a really bad headache. Mm-hmm. And you take the Tylenol and for most people, it... Um, it will lessen the pain. It'll dull the pain. Dull the pain. And so that's how I felt like I could feel through, um, I guess, through the Spirit telling me that that's, I was being blessed through the atonement of Jesus Christ, that I still have that pain, but it wasn't as, I could feel that it was deeper, but it was being dulled and that I was given strength. Um, and that's, that's one of the really big things in my life that I, you know, I was able to recognize that and know that it was because of Jesus Christ and, um, really, you know, 
early in, that was kind of early-ish in my adult life and something that I really appreciate. It's something I'm able to look back on and be like, I know that he knows what I've gone through and is there for me. Right. So, um... And, you know, since we're getting all personal, so one, uh, you know, one of the parts of the story of Jesus Christ and the atonement that really was very impactful for me personally and was, um, and this was kind of one of those parts where it's like, okay, I'm not completely alone. There is somebody who understands what the heck I'm dealing with was um, I don't remember what it was that it hit me but I was thinking about uh, when Jesus was on the cross right and one of the last things that happens before he dies is he says father why hast thou forsaken me and just kind of that realization that at least in that moment he even understood what it's like to suffer the betrayal of a parent, right? That he was left. So he had his, his father there with him all the time, and then his father was like, I got nothing to do with you right now. And he, uh, you know, I don't know, that sounds a little harsh, uh, and maybe it's, but, you know, that's the point of the atonement, is Jesus Christ suffered all the things that are harsh. And... He did it so that he could understand people like me, people who suffer extreme betrayals and things like that. And so, you know, that's always been part of uh, his experience, at least on the cross, that was meaningful to me was the fact that he does, like he actually, you can see it, you can read about it, that he actually saw, he understands, he knows what it's like to suffer those extreme betrayals to be left completely alone. Mm -hmm. um, and so, anyway, that's my little... Well, I think that we covered it pretty well, but I do want to wrap it up, our discussion, at least back to, because really, you know, we do talk about, you know, this. we talk a lot about death, and, you know, the resurrection is a huge part of right. what Easter right. is. And really, that gives me so much hope and a lot of things when I think um, at, at church on Sundays when when we we take the sacrament to remind us of this um, the of the atonement each part of it both um, his suffering for our sins and also the suff um, you know the resurrection okay and um, but the sacrament you mean yeah the so <laughs> <laughs> sorry I'm bringing in yes uh, not everybody understands the terminology we're using. Okay, well... So, we, uh, on Sundays, every Sunday, uh, so Catholics call it communion. Okay, yeah. Um, we uh, do it a little bit differently. We just call it the sacrament, mm -hmm. okay, and where we partake of bread that has been blessed, and then we use water instead of wine. Yeah. Uh, so... To remind us of his sacrifice. Yes. And, and the bread represents his body. Yeah. And the, the water, water represents his, his blood. blood. And also to remind us of our commitment to him. Yes. Uh, the commitment, the covenant. covenant that we made when we were baptized yeah. to follow him. Yeah. And to always 
uh, try to become more like him. Yes. So the a lot of times the thing that I think about is um, that resurrection and thinking about my family members that have died and being able to see them again. And, um, you know, when I'm gone, the opportunity that we'll have to see you again. And it is that that hope and that knowledge of life after death and that reunion of our body with their spirits and being with our loved ones is yeah a huge important and thing to it's me. It's huge and important to me that, you know, I mean, you know, I understand and I know that um, barring a, a miracle of astronomical uh, proportions, uh, I'm going to have to bury you. Mm-hmm. I know that. Um, and I don't really like it. But it is helpful to know that we will be reunited. You know? Yeah. I'm not going to enjoy the time that we're not together. Uh, and, and I know that. Uh, but I am glad that we at least get to be together again. Yeah, there's another scripture that came to mind, and, and I'm going to butcher it, so hopefully you know it. But he, Jesus Christ basically erases the sting of death. Yes. And it still hurts, but... The sting of death is swallowed up in Christ. Yes. It still hurts, but it's like that that thing that I think, you know... But it's the difference between this hurts and all is lost. Yes, for and, sure. And that is, you know, look, death... Losing a loved one hurts. There's no way of getting around that. Because you love them. Mm-hmm. It's a loved one, right? And so losing a loved one hurts. Um, but the sting of death being swallowed up in Christ is... Where, you know, yes, it sucks, but it could be so much worse. It doesn't suck entirely, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, sometimes, like, when you're in pain, people saying, oh, well, look at this silver lining. Probably not the best idea. But the fact is that there is a little bit of a silver lining. And... I am grateful for it. Yeah. You know, and in that moment that you're feeling the pain, okay, fine. Maybe you don't want to be uh, reminded of it. Maybe you just need to feel the pain, and that's perfectly understandable. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is important to also, at some point, recognize and remember that the silver lining is there. And And it's real. And it is real. And that is one of the things that Easter does. and yeah, there are people who I want to talk to um, when we're all resurrected. I, I want to sit down with my grandfather and talk to him and say, hey man, what happened? And mm. I want to try to come to understand him. Yeah. You know, and yeah, there are lots of people. So anyway... Happy Easter. Yes. And uh, I hope that, you know, we do find some hope and some joy in Easter. Uh, Easter is my, okay, it's my favorite holiday. (laughs) (laughs) It's not really tied. Uh, So Easter is my favorite holiday. I love Easter and um, 
yeah, I'm grateful for Jesus Christ, for his atonement, and um, all of the blessings that it has brought into my life, and it has brought the only hope that I've really had in a lot of ways. Um, so, anyway, I say it far more eloquently and in far greater detail and everything else uh, in my books, yeah. which I would encourage you to pick up and read sometime. Uh, they're on Amazon, Blessed and Cursed in One, um, or uh, you can also find them on our website, scratchmadeliving.com. And uh, anyway. And I just want to add, if you have any questions about anything that we've talked about today, um, send us a message yeah. uh, either through Scratch Made Living um, on, through the contact form or on Facebook yeah. through a messenger. Either, um, either way is fine, and we'll be happy to answer any questions or uh, if you think that we're crazy or whatever. Look, if people don't agree with what we believe in as far as religion goes, that's totally cool. I got no problem with that. Yeah. None whatsoever. And if you want to tell us what you don't agree with, then that's cool, you know. Um, as long as we can keep it... Uh, you know, just a civil conversation. I don't want to argue theology with anybody. If you don't agree with what I believe in, then that's fine. Um, I respect your uh, ability to believe what you want to believe, and if you feel like something else is uh, more accurate, then, then that's cool. I, I, I'm not going to argue with anybody, um, but I'm also not going to back down from the things that I feel are true. So, you know, I hope that we can all just kind of listen to what we're saying and not uh, focus so much on uh, what affiliation we have while we're saying it, you know. Um, I think the truth is truth regardless of the source, and I find a lot of truth in a lot of different uh, sources. So. Yeah. And that's what I'm interested in, is truth. For sure. So anyway, uh, let's move on to, we're going to lighten the tone a little bit, guys. Fine. So uh, we're going to go with um, some famous last words, Yeah, right? this is a new segment I didn't even tell you about. Surprise! Yeah, well, I, I just saw it on my <laughs> list. I was like, oh, famous last words. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, I just thought uh, that would be a fun one, and so I found this. Um I'm not sure. I will link in the de the description what where I found this because I don't remember right now. Okay. But um, so there's this man, Richard B. Melton. Um, Is it Melton or Melon? Oh, Melon. Sorry, I saw a T. Okay. Melon. Richard B. <laughs> Melon. Um, and I guess he was the president of a company called Alcoa. He and his brother had um, a game for like seven uh, decades where they would be like, um, they, of tag. Like, okay. I don't think they actually like, like would run when they're in their seventh right. decade or whatever. Right, but it was like whenever they'd talk, tag, you're it. Yeah, kind of like a, a I'm assuming a, it's an inside joke type of thing. Okay. And then when Richard was on his deathbed, he called his brother over and whispered last tag. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason this like really, I don't know, I read it, and 
I just think it's so sweet. So Andrew remained it for four years until he died. I don't know. I just thought it was, you know, those inside jokes. Seven decades, right? And he knew he was dying. So <laughs> I wasn't expecting to cry. <laughs> no, just, it's, it's fine. <laughs> Anyway. It is. It's a it's a touching story, yeah. you know. And they had, uh, they had something. You know, I don't really fully get the tag thing, but they had something between just the two of them, and uh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I just when I read, it, I was like, oh, that's so sweet. They have this thing, these old guys, you know. And yeah. he's like, he knows he's dying. It's not It's not all the time you get to know, like, you're on your... I mean, some people you do know. You're on your deathbed, and you can have... Be like, yeah, this is what I'm going to say. I'm keeping the, it. The, the only thing that I think would have made this better is if he... When he talked to his brother, if he would have said, last tag, mm-hmm. I win. Or no, or no tag backs. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I imagine his brother probably laughed <laughs> at the moment, and it probably became uh, a very touching kind of a thing Yeah. Uh, in the four years until he passed. Yeah. All right, so... Oh. Next segment... Hope in Humanity. We have more oh, I hope have, in humanity. You didn't read it, did you? No, I deleted it. Okay, good, So I So, yeah, before we uh, do each... Uh, episode uh, generally Char puts together the outline and then mm. she'll email it to me and then I will copy it and I'll put it into my little notes on my little iPad here and all that so you didn't delete it this time so I made sure to not look at it I just selected it well, and deleted you. it so I don't know what this hope in humanity is Okay, but I will have something that I already know I want to add um, at the end of it. Okay. All right, go ahead. So this is, first this is from wearethemighty.com. I found this. Um, And this is, so this was, it was talking about, the article I was looking at was troops that went against orders. Okay. And it had a good, but this was my favorite one on the, of the website. So this is from Daniel Hellings was the troop um, okay. of the British Army in Afghanistan. Um, I'm not sure if it says when it happened. But so they're on, he's on this patrol um, in with Afghan allies and and his patrol was hit by an explosion. Um, an IED was detonated in the alleyway injuring two of the patrollers. Okay. Then another went off, injuring a third man. Uh, and then his Helling's commander ordered that they immediately withdraw. And we have a lawnmower that's going to maybe start in a minute here. <laughs> all right, it's all right. Just keep going. Okay. Uh, so, but, so the commander ordered him to for the patrol to withdraw. Okay. And Helling instead got down in the ground and started fingertips search for more bombs. I don't know what that entails, but I'm assuming crawling on the ground trying... Probably, um, yeah. And he found four more. So he was able to 
I, I don't know. He was, so he's poking around in the dirt until he found all of the IEDs. Um, and he did get the Queen's gallantry medal for doing the, for, for doing this and disobeying those orders, probably right. saving who knows how many lives. Right. So, um, so that's my story for, it's a little bit different than ones so, I've shared yeah, before. It's like, as you were uh, talking, I was thinking of like Medal of Honor citations. Mm -hmm. Right. And so Medal of Honor citations have uh, people who kind of go above and beyond um, the call of duty who basically um, risk their lives uh, and frequently give their lives um, in, you know, acts of courage and bravery above and beyond the call of duty and all this other stuff. And um, so... I uh, know. So, yeah, I, I mean, I do like those kinds of stories. And one of the things that I like about them is, you know, uh, getting all religious again. But it goes back to um, in the Bible, uh, Jesus says, greater love has no man than this, that a man should lay down his life for his friends. And I really feel like that really is one of the things that, motivates a lot of people in the military is they're not a lot of times people in the military um it's not necessarily ooh i love my country so much i'm uber patriotic every once in a while you get that guy but most of the people in the military i would not say that, that is really actually the thing um but when it comes to the people around them when it comes to the people that they are serving with. It's a different story. Maybe not necessarily for, you know, the cause of uh, freedom and, you know, the truth, justice, and the American way and all that stuff. Yes, in a way, yes. But, excuse me, directly, I think probably less so. But for the people who they are serving with, those people mean everything. You know, and um, so I, I would say that I find the same kind of hope in humanity as I find in those other stories. The hope that it's, it's the same hope that I find in anyone who would embrace or embody that um, willingness to lay down your life for... Uh, your fellow man, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that greater love that basically there is no greater love. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. See, the, I have a hard time with this hope in humanity thing because it's like, I don't know how to quantify the mm -hmm. level of hope or whatever. Yeah, I feel like I got to quantify it or something. But I do like this story. And, and um, I think that he deserved every bit of that citation that he got, and probably even more. And uh, I'm sure that he has plenty that he lives with that is difficult, just by virtue of having been where he's been and done what he's done. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that everything in his life has not gone perfectly. Um, and I'm also sure that... 
he probably doesn't really necessarily want a ton of attention. Yeah. You know, he just felt like he was just trying to do what he needs to do, but, um, yeah, I think that, uh, stories like that are amazing and that he is, uh, he's amazing for, uh, loving the people he was serving with so much that he was willing to, uh, tell the higher-ups who are telling him, oh, no, don't do that, say, you know what, too bad. Uh, go uh, something yourselves. Um, because <laughs> I, I, I'm not here for you. I'm here for all these other people, mm-hmm. and I'm going to make sure that they're safe because that's the thing that's most important to me. Yeah. And it's when people can set those uh, priorities and work for the benefit of others that, yeah, it's a good story. Yeah. No, and I think that more for this hope in humanity, you know, I kind of talk about it every time we do it, and you're kind of like, I don't know how I'm supposed to rate this. Or It's more, I think, I don't know, to give us all hope and motivate us to be that hope. Right. Um, you know, to be do better and be better. Right. Um, and take these examples and be like, what can I do? What what can I do to be that hope for someone else? Or, yeah. I don't know. Well, and and I will say, so this is kind of the thing that I was going to say at the end, that hope in humanity. Really, this is Easter. So that's where I find the greatest hope for humanity. And in humanity is when people are able to love as Jesus loved, love others above and beyond your own self-interest, above and beyond what is really going to be great for you personally, um, your own selfish desires when you're able to put others before yourself. And, you know, that's where real love, I think, is found. And it is a Christ-like love, which uh, is often called charity, Mm -hmm. right? It's loving people as Jesus Christ loves people, seeing people and working, trying, actually helping other people. Because just feeling it doesn't really do anything for me. It's what you do. Mm-hmm. And this guy showed what uh, he was willing to do. He was he actually laid his life on the line. Yeah. You know, um, because it was important to help other people, not for himself. Yeah. Um, a lesser man would have done whatever he was told and been like, hey, look, you know what? I'm just doing what I'm told. Yeah. Okay. Or a uh, lesser man would have uh, just cowered and run from the challenge altogether. Uh, and so he is definitely not any such lesser man. Yeah. And I find a lot of that hope in Easter and in Jesus Christ. So there you go. Okay. Uh, anyway, so I guess that pretty much wraps it up for today. Yeah. So, so let's. Yeah. What were you going to say? say except for our cookies. Yeah, so let's have some <laughs> cookies. Okay. So for our cookie this week, we have um, an, a, these are Italian Easter cookies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Lindy uh, looked up a recipe. She found these. She made these. We're going to post a link to the recipe online. Yeah, since it was um, on the internet recipe. So 
uh, yeah, let's try them out. Now, just beginning. Uh, so she was just following the instructions. The instructions said to roll them out and uh, put them into little spiral shapes. So they do look like little turds. I tried okay. to pick out the ones that looked less turdy. <laughs> well, yours is like a perfect, well, not They're quite nice. height-wise, but the shape-wise, it's almost like a little poop emoji, yeah. which is uh, amazing. They're I want to put like some eyes on it. It's sort of. They also look like turds. All right. Oh, I can see the lemon zest. Yeah, so they got a really nice, not an overly sweet, um, but a nice lemon, light lemon flavor to them. I really like them a lot. Um, yeah, it's really... They don't taste like turd. No. At all. It kind of has the consistency of, of fluffy biscuit well uh, it's, no, it's a little more bit more dense. of a dense biscuit but it is sort yeah. of a biscuit kind of a texture yeah um and really the the cookie itself isn't like you said isn't sweet hardly at all mm -hmm. um most, most of the sweetness comes out in the glaze, glaze on yeah. the outside and she this is our second batch and she put a little liberty of adding a little bit more lemon I believe, did she say in both the, just in the, um, I'm not sure. In the glaze. Anyway, she wanted more lemon flavor, so. Yeah. They're good, though. Mm-hmm. I like it. It's a really good, um, I think perfect for Easter because you want dessert, but you get all sugared out from all the candy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would have liked a little bit more lemon flavor in the dome because I really like lemon, but it's still good. Yeah. It's a good flavor. Yeah. No, I like it a lot. Um, so anyway, thank you guys for joining us. And um, if, you know, happy Easter yesterday. Actually, the 16th is Orthodox Easter. My calendar told me so. So maybe Easter has not yet come for you. So happy Easter one way or another. We hope you enjoyed it and or will enjoy and or are enjoying it. Um, wh whatever. I, I just hope it doesn't suck. Um, so <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, we will finish up with our motto. Uh, what was our motto again? Oh, yeah. Memento mori usquergo vivere. Remember, you will die. Until then, live.